Okay, so let's go about your day today. Remember, think preparedness and being ready. So we're mainly going to cover just war fronts and stuff, but we're going to start here on um, CNBC. So I'm pretty sure this thing's lying to me because every time I look at the Dow futures, it always says, yeah, it's going to go up between 0.3 or between 33 points and 38 points. Every time, doesn't matter. Just always tells me. So I don't know if I believe that. Uh, Europe markets have been open for, I think, like, going on two hours and they are down a lot Asian markets closed down US markets yesterday down a lot bonds are mixed oils are up again gold and silver copper platinum palladium are all up Exchange rates are all over the place. And crypto's going up. So, just keep that in the back of your mind as you're going throughout your day. Well, now it looks like Dow Futures are down to opening 31 points higher. You know, after they lost 344.5. Just like, you know, showing that whatever stock market's stupid I hate it I have a professional tell me how to lose my money alright moving on to the more important stuff start here at RT US deploys more cyber commandos abroad military hackers are already working in 20 countries including Ukraine a top general told reporters So, yeah, we are deploying our hackers, apparently, to the countries that we're trying to hack. Awesome. You know, we covered this story the other day that, you know, if China catches any of these people, not only are they being tried, but the entire United States government's being tried. We've got more on China here in a minute. All right, Pravda, Russia. U.S. should stop making attempts to undermine Russian security. So the director of the Department of Non-Proliferation, whatever, some dude who works for the Russian Foreign Minister. It's early. My brain ain't working. I can't work today. My bad. Um, but anyway, basically saying that, you know, however, in the worst case scenario, that is, if Washington brings um, the situation to military confrontation between the world's two largest nuclear powers, one will rather have to worry about the fate of the whole world rather than the fate of the start talking about the start treaty apparently the US wants to get back into it and Russia said nah 
So then it came with, you know, the U.S. should take steps to de-escalate the situation and stop following the hostile lines of undermining Russia's security. There's been a lot of rhetoric coming out of Russia the last few days of, oh no, World War III breaks out, we're definitely using nuclear warheads and we're definitely launching them off first. You know, if you're worried about a nuclear war happening, it's kind of stuff that you don't want to be hearing out of, you know, the world's largest nuclear power. I mean, what do I know, right? I'm just, again, some random guy talking shit on the internet. Uh, so, moving on. Again, Pravda Russia. Russia forced to start using Armada tank in Special Operations Zone. So, Russia starting to use their new state-of-the-art T-14 Armada tank. The Russian troops have started using the state-of-the-art Armada tank to attack the positions of Ukrainian forces. An unnamed source told the agency, noting that this tank had not been used in direct assault operations before. So, I mean, I've seen stuff that, you know, this is like the best tank ever. I don't know. It's the first time it's going to battle. That brings up the... Is Russia finally out of their World War One, World War Two era tanks? So they need to bring out the big guns? Or are they to the point where they're like, we doubt that this is going to fall into the enemy's hands, so we're going to bust them out and just go wreak havoc? I don't know. Depends on who you listen to. Again, you listen to what Ukraine says. Russia's completely dead and they've won the war already. You listen to what Russia says. They're going to nuke us. You listen to our leaked documents. It's a shit show all around. So, believe what you want. Come up with your own conclusions. But yes. The Armada tank is finally seeing combat. Again, one of the articles I read said it was better than the Abrams. So I kind of want to see it go head-to-head -head with an Abrams tank. Now, granted, it goes against head-to-head -head with the Abrams tank. Now, it's going to be Ukrainian driving it after, you know, two weeks of training. I prefer if it was an American crew that, you know, has spent years in these things, but whatever. We'll see. Alright, <clears throat> Eurasia Times. China is benefiting from Russia-Ukraine war, wants to prolong the conflict, entangling the U.S. It's coming from the Czech, um, the Czech president. Alright, so. Czech president said, don't expect China to broker a peace deal because they have alternative motives. As he states, right off the bat, China is getting cheap oil, gas, and other resources from Moscow in exchange for promises of partnership. As long as everybody else is sanctioning Russia, 
they're going to keep getting all that stuff from Russia for a really good price. Um, with that, you have, what is this, European resistor, right, all right. <clears throat> so you have China spending more on boosting their military. You have Russia spending more boosting their military, plus they're in a war economy. You got NATO trying to increase their spending. You have, who was it, General Milley? Came out and said that if we don't beat Russia now, we're going to have to double our military budget by next year. So basically, if we don't go to nuclear war now with Russia, and Russia beats Ukraine, we're going to have to double our military budget to try to hold them back. Which again, right. Russia ain't knocking on my doorstep. I mean, they're kind of on Alaska's doorstep. But let's be honest. You think Russia really wants to take Alaska and be that close to us? Possibly. Who knows? But again, we have to double our military budget in the U.S. to combat Russia, which is a European, Eurasian type country. Just remember that. Just write that down. Keep that in your back pocket for later. That we have to fork out all this money, even though Russia's not on our doorstep. While well, Europe does what they do and makes it seem like they're doing a lot, but they're just kind of skating by. All right. RT. Ukraine risks losing Western support if counteroffensive fails, according to the New York Times. Territorial gains by Kiev are not necessarily likely, despite arms and training from its allies, the newspaper has claimed. So basically here they're saying that, um, was it, Ukraine is planning to use 12 combat brigades of about 4,000 troops each. Do the math on that. Look at that. 48,000 troops. Plus hundreds of HIMAR systems. 155 artillery. Hundreds of armored vehicles. They should... I mean, if they push this offensive back to May like they were saying... They'll have closer to the 230 Western tanks that were promised to them. But, basically saying if Kiev fails this offensive, they pretty much signed their own death warrant because we're done helping them? I don't know. But yeah, so... Now, we're telling Ukraine that if you don't go win this, again, rather than saying, hey, it's peace talks. Let's stop this stupidness. Let's see what we can come up with peace talks. Because at least if we're entering peace talks, no one's dying. Which, I'd be extremely happy for that right now. 
Let's go into peace talks for the next year. Two years. How long it takes. So people stop freaking dying for stupidness. Alright, saw this article and I laughed my ass off. It's coming from Navy Times. Ship fires cost the Navy dearly, but lessons still need learning. So I will tell you, in the Navy, in boot camp, every single person learns basic firefighting. How to be on a hose. You're a hoseman, your job is to stand there in a space that's reaching a thousand degrees, sweating your ass off, hoping you don't run out of air, just holding a hose. So, yeah. If you're in the engineering rate in the Navy and go to a ship, you are more advancedly trained in firefighting. And believe me, when you're in boot camp, you're told. Well, I don't know about now. When I was in, we didn't have pussies. So when I was in, we were told, you will die to save this ship. I can train a million of you for it to cost me to build one ship. You die, save the ship. Now, straight through this is from, they're talking about reports from 2008 to 2020. And the funny thing is, is these major fires that they're talking about, they are in shipyards being repaired, which means normally when you're in a shipyard, there's upwards of a thousand extra people running around the ship constantly who are shipyard workers. And the crew tends to take a back seat when it comes to, you know, fighting fires. You know, you don't expect to catch on fire when nothing's running. Just throw that out there. Now, again, when I had to go to the ship, I was on freaking floating turd. I made the joke, yeah, I was like, like, never fell. We pull out ports, something breaks, something floods, something catch on fire. We're constantly battling casualties on this ship. We're in the dry dock. And I made a smart ass comment like, I bet we flood and dry dock. 39 dry dock, 2 o'clock in the morning, I get a flooding warning. I go open up a load center, and sure as shit, four foot of water, flooding out of space when we were not in the water. So, yes, the Navy has problems. Majority of the problems come from the actual shipyards themselves. Although again, they might be training people differently because when I was in, everybody knew how to hold a hose to fight a fire. We were also told you'll die to put the fire out. I mean, you're talking billions, $4 billion lost while the ships were undergoing maintenance that they already spent hundreds of millions of dollars to have done. We're supposed to be, you know, 
the best of the best when it comes to our military and Navy and our fighting forces and stuff like that. And shit, we can't even get our ships, you know, maintenance done on them without something catastrophic happening to them. So, remember that as we're going into war. <laughs> uh, especially, you know, with China, who is very quickly trying to outpace us for the world's largest Navy. All right. Going to end with China. Come here. RT. China to bring Friendship Panda home from U.S. So, Yaya was loaned two decades ago as part of the informal diplomacy program. So, China saying that these animal rights activists whistleblowers are saying that oh look there's a picture of this panda it doesn't look good so China's like oh you're not treating our panda good we're just going to take it home then and Beijing um, has engaged in panda diplomacy since 1972 when the country offered two animals to then President Richard Nixon. 18 countries currently have pandas on loan from China. <coughs> Excuse me. The only country in the world where the animal exists in a natural habitat. Now, according to geopolitics expert Matthew Fraser, Beijing traditionally employs panda loans as a means of goodwill and to boost a trade deal. When China takes back a panda, it is usually because the regime is very displeased for some reason. It's due to linear time. So, apparently, according to, you know, standard traditions... China's displeased with something for some reason. <laughs> I wonder what the hell that could be, right? Relationships between Washington and Beijing remain tense over the situation with Taiwan. Again, you have all these big wigs that run our country telling Beijing, no, no, we believe in the one China policy, which means... Taiwan is just a part of China that they got rambunctious and started their own little thing. And then three seconds later, we're like, we're going to arm the shit out of Taiwan in case China decides they're going to invade them. See where China's a little pissed off at us? Well, yeah, so China views the island as a breakaway province. Yeah, we just covered that. The U.S. diplomatically recognizes Beijing's one China principle, but has maintained informal ties. Taiwan. God damn. See, th this, is the, this is the shit right here. Oh, yeah, we recognize this. But nah, just kidding. We're going to do our own shit. So... Make sure you're preparing. Be ready. Again, 
China goes after Taiwan or if China blockades Taiwan, you're talking like 90% of the world's trade comes through the Taiwan Strait. You're looking at adding weeks to the journey if they can't get through there. You're looking at months. China and Taiwan can't produce anything during the war. You're looking at years if the U.S. has to get involved. All your cheap shit from the big box stores will be gone. So make sure you're prepared. Make sure you're get everything that you need now. Stock up on everything that you possibly can. So, like always, just keep something back in your mind as you go about the day. But, be smart, be prepared, stay safe, have an amazing day, and we'll see you on the next one.